Hey, everybody. Welcome to Uncommon Comedy Podcast. I am your host, Brian April. Uh, you can check out all of our, our uh, podcasts, if I could speak properly, which I can't. All of our podcasts are available to listen to on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. You can watch the video versions on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to comment in the video below, uh, or not in the video below, but in the comments below. Uh, you can also reach out to me on youtube.com slash comedy Brian. You can find me on facebook.com slash comedy Brian. And three days a week, I live stream on Twitch. So if you want to interact with me live, check me out there at twitch.tv slash comedy Brian. Uh, enough about me. Let's get into my guest today. Uh, my guest today is uh, an amazing, amazing um, comedian. She is a producer. She is one of the biggest producers in uh, Southern California area. Uh, she has the Funniest Housewives uh, brand that tours all over the country. Uh, she's done so many things. Uh, she's amazing. She's fabulous. And I absolutely love her. So please welcome Julie Kidd. Julie. Hello. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. I'm so impressed by you. I'm just, oh. this is wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm in my kitchen. I've got my wine here. Or actually, I guess it's there. There it is. Yep. I'm doing good. Got a nice supply. You don't go anywhere without the wine, so that's that's what we've learned. Um, you know me, baby. I do, I do, and I, I always uh, like to start by talking a little bit about um, you know working with with the person I'm, I'm interviewing with, and and so I remember the first time we worked together, we were doing a theater show, and uh, we just hit it off immediately. And you, I love watching you on stage because you have this like really upbeat, energetic, just fun, playful attitude. Um, your jokes are, you know, they're very quick and they're, they, they hit and the audience loves them and you're just an amazing person, uh, to be around. And I was so happy to, um, get a chance to meet you, work with you. And now we've done several shows together and uh, I absolutely love you. I think you're, you're a blast and you're, you're so much fun. So um, thank you so much. For well, being here. and I do feel like we were old souls. We met. And you're not going to believe this. I'm getting a request to do another show tonight. So <laughs> let me just Business. say yes. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm just everybody. Everybody wants me, baby. Absolutely. Uh, we're old souls, and we were. We just. We really hit it off. And of course, yeah. I love comedy. It's so funny. I still think about it. And then I got to have you on my show, Giggle Gab, on KDOC TV, and that was really fun too. So it's fun just keeping the work going. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. It's so, so, so cool to, to have you here. So I want to find out a little bit more about you. Um, uh, what inspired you to start performing? You know, I um, grew up um, pretty much kind of a bully. You know, people talk about bullies and how horrible you have to think about what that person went through in their life to be a bully. And um, so I actually... Uh, you didn't have any friends. And then I realized as I got older and coming into my girlhood that uh, when I was funny, I was making friends and I just, you know, started being funny and people were gravity, you know, anyway, so that's really how it started. And I saw Ellen DeGeneres. I saw Wendy Liebman and I saw these great female comedians and I thought, Oh my God, that's what I want to do. Mm. So uh, when I was, 20 no 31 you won't believe it almost 30 years ago i went into a comedy workshop and i've taken hundreds since back in the day and that's how i started and i was single with three kids so it wasn't like i was out you know every night i did as much as i could but i never stopped i kept at it and i would write and i write books in fact i wrote can i just plug something Sure, of course. My funny bone, even when, you know, shit happens. Sorry for the bad word. Uh, that'll be a good time. And it really talks about going through that and then manifesting your dream to, you know, reach that goal. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so Wendy Liebman was uh, was kind of, was she, an, she was an inspiration and Ellen. I, yeah, I saw her. I couldn't believe it. And we're friends now, which is so dynamic. And that's how the world works. And I, Put her in my show, Funniest Housewives, many times. The stepmom housewife, she's been, uh, and she's a big favorite. All the women are, all the women are amazing, and they're all, they all have their favorite fans. But uh, yeah, she's so funny. It just really drove me and hit me. Yeah, uh, amazing. You know these just classic, you know, legends of of comedy that uh, just get up there and it, they make it look so easy and and effortless, and they they don't yeah. it seems like they don't care if. Uh, 
if they laugh or not. And that's like, just, they just seem so, so comfortable. And it's, it's just a wonderful to see, you know, such a uh, high quality and uh, the, like I said, these legends perform and you have them uh, on, a, you have so many on your funniest mm-hmm. housewife shows, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, yes. you do produce these shows and they're, they're just amazing. Um, so do you remember your first show? Yeah, it was, it's so funny. Yeah, 31 years ago or whatever, um, I took Steve Klasky's workshop in Huntington Beach. And then we had our um, graduation after six weeks. And I was so nervous. Six weeks, we had to do three minutes. And I thought, God, if I could just do three minutes. And my hands were like this, the whole thing. <laughs> and afterwards, I thought I was so good. I was like, oh my God, my career is going to take off. I'm going to be on Arsenio Hall. That was a big, you know, late night show. But I, you, but you suck. But there's this thing in you that keeps thinking you're okay. And that's, I think, what drives you to keep doing it. Uh, but I sucked for 10 years. Maybe I still suck. I don't know. Um, I still have that keep going. You've got this attitude. But I just loved it. And I met so many great people along the way. And uh, it just, I never stopped. Hmm. Was it, it's, uh, what I, it's, in me. it's in my DNA. Was it packed or was it was it a packed show? Do you like was it at a it was, was packed and my father was there. He's since uh passed away, but you know, family was there, it was like this big deal. And that was back in the day when, you know, it was Nazareth. Uh there's some some, you know, some oldies but goodies back in the day that were starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being able to perform with them and, you know, and seeing how funny they were just naturally, which was also inspiring. But, yeah, it was packed. It was at like the Cannon or the someplace in near Newport Beach or Huntington Beach. And the film broke. The video broke on my set, which at the time I was devastated because how was I going to submit to Arsenio Hall? <laughs> thank God. Thank God no one can get a hold of that. I would wear biker shorts and a blazer. And like high top boots or something, you know, now I'm just wearing this. Right. <laughs> you have like a whole different style and you go through different, you know, phases as you're, you know, changing ages and, you know, how we dress and stuff like that. But the, the people always ask me now, you know, why I've wearing the boa for the last few years. And it's in my stepsister, who was also a producer of Funniest Housewives. She passed away four years ago. And, you know, left me devastated, heartbroken. I did not feel funny. And so um, after she passed away and we would sell uh, or she would sell uh, boas at the uh, comedy shows. And I used to sometimes wear boas and other things, but it wasn't my big thing. And this guy called me and said, you know, I'm sorry your sister passed, but I have uh, I'm closing my business. I have all these boas. Do you just want them? I'll give them to you. So I said, yeah. And he said, "Okay, bring a moving truck. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So. I didn't get a moving truck, but I made like 10 trips back and forth to Laguna Beach and picked up thousands of boas. And I just didn't feel funny on stage. And then one night I put the boa on and I was just, hey, everybody. It just kind of, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the feather in Dumbo's mouth. You know, he didn't realize he could fly, you know. And so it was kind of my, you know, hide behind, but it just kind of became, you know, my identity. And now I love it and I have so much fun with it. And, and it re- always reminds me of my stepsister, you know, I'm always thinking of her. And so I am obviously back on stage. It's been four years, but it was hard at first. Yeah. That's a, that's a wonderful story though. It's, you know, she's, she's with you when you're on stage. So it's like, you're still doing the shows together, which is uh, an awesome. Mm-hmm. And she comes to me a lot. I, sometimes I'll have, um, you know, help me with this, you know, I'm producing cause it's so much work producing a housewife show. And I, I really think she gave me an idea a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, that now I'm just barreling in, working on that, that has to do with The Funniest Housewives. I'm super excited about launching that. So we'll see. Mm, that's awesome. So how long did it take, uh, like you said, the first, you said about the first 10 years, you felt like you sucked. How long did it take for things to click for you where your, your performance is kind of even out and it's no longer like one good one, two bad ones, one decent one, you know, we're that wave. I think you can tell by the audience after the show when they start coming up to you and um, and, then, and and obviously people start, you know, booking you for shows. You know, I'm still honestly really hard on myself. And, um, you know, like I said, I never stop. But sometimes, you know, we, we do that. It's part of the process. You suck. 
you're too fat, you're not funny. Um, like all we all these things that come in to you know keep you from living your dreams. And so now with COVID, I you know I was really kind of at a really exciting place in my career and I was coaching and I was doing the funniest housewives comedy competition. So excited gearing up for the next round and booking all these shows. I was doing a lot of public speaking and corporate work and then COVID hit. And as like everybody were just stuck and you know, it really makes you stop and think, is this really something I want to keep doing? Am I, mm -hmm. even, you know, what's happening and I'm aging. I have a grandson. I I'm really in my kids lives too. And they do great things. So interestingly enough, I was hired months ago to do this huge event. It was nationwide live stream, but it was supposed to be on stage at a big event. And with COVID that got canceled. So I was kind of nervous to get on stage. It was for uh, Women's Journey Foundation, fifth annual Divas concert. There was women from The Voice, American Idol, and they're raising money. And I was kind of nervous, but you know, the minute within one minute after holding that mic and just being on stage, I was like, I really do love this, even though it's been five months. Um, and I was funny. And, you know, of course, people come up after you. Oh, you're so funny. You're so funny. And, and um, you know, I was really humbled and gracious to, or in gratitude to receive, you know, the love. And, you know, I do want to keep doing this even when, you know, with, with COVID happening and kind of out there. And, and also not just doing housewife shows, but really branching out doing other things. Mm. Well, you've done some funniest uh, hus husband shows too. House was house husbands. Is that? Yeah, the funniest husbands. Husbands, yeah. One of the husbands is a house husband. I need to have you. In fact, we had a big show in June at uh, Brea Improv. Of course, everything got canceled this year, as you know. Um, I had so many men saying I want to be in the husband show. <laughs> oh, um, wait. I think I might even had Tony. No. So a lot of people were saying, "Oh, guys, wanting to do it." And it was so neat. I, I I finally thought I'm gonna really do this, and I reached out to some big players in the biz, and they said yes. And they took on names, you know, the scattered mm -hmm. and the whatever the uh, you know Don Friesen's done it, Tony Calabrese, and and he had asked me a few times, and I was gonna dress him up, you know. Um, and then I have Jason Stewart, you know, the gayest house husband, but he was the gayest housewife, and I love working with the funniest husbands. Um, I was hosting them, but it just kind of didn't make sense. So I just produced it. And then I have a husband, a funniest husband uh, host. Tom Real was going to host in June. Okay. Yeah, Tom is great. I love Tom. Yeah. Uh, so as you were starting out, what was the best piece of advice you received about stand-up? The one thing that really comes to mind is when people go, hey, have fun on stage. You know, what? what is that? We, you know, we're just fumbling around and, you know, doing all the wrong stage presence things, you know, hanging onto the mic too hard, twirling the mic cord and, uh, you know, standing way far back in the stage. But also, um, you know, you learn how to man manipulate and work the stage and, and the audience. But the big thing is when people say, just be yourself. And especially when you're young, like, a lot of us, what, what, what does that mean? What do you mean be myself? Um, which part of myself, the one that was, you know, we have so many different facets to our personality and some of us, you know, put, are putting on a big, you know, have a big wall. We don't really know who we are. We can, you know, sometimes I see people doing comedy and I'm like, Oh, that's like, they're doing like fake comedy. They're emulating a comedian on stage. Mm -hmm. Really the most important is be yourself and be unique to who you are. Um, you know, and sometimes I have that little voice that goes, but, but you're this and this and this, and that's just not going to work, but it really makes you stand out among other, uh, comedians. Absolutely. And that's such the best advice. Find out how to really, really be yourself on stage. And if you're nervous, be nervous, talk about mm -hmm. it. That's good. But, and also I think too, what, what a lot of people don't realize is that that's going to evolve over time. You know, like I've, I've evolved, you know, things happen in your life and you go, okay, well, I'm not this person anymore. And then, you know, your, yeah. your comedy changes and it shifts. And, you know, like after I got sick, my whole perspective on life changed and my, my whole thoughts, you know, my thoughts changed. And so it's like, okay, that's all this other stuff I was doing doesn't, 
connect with me anymore and that's not who right. I am anymore on stage. And so then it, you kind of, like I said, you evolve and now you have to be this other yeah, version and, of you. Yeah. I was married and then single and then I had another kid and you know, my, my act definitely evolved, but you have to be willing to make those changes. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So what is um, your writing process like? You know, I'm a little bit OCD. So I, you know, I, I write and write and write. And before I do a show, I actually write out my set. I don't necessarily, sometimes I, well, now we know we have computers, I'll type it, but sometimes I have to actually write it out, which takes a lot of time. It's a 45 minute set or a 30 minute set. Um, and I have every set I've done saved on my computer. Wait, you handwrite every, every word? Every word, yeah. I write all my jokes. And I'm so I'll go back to old stuff and I see how it evolved or changed. I just, if someone goes, hey, can you do a 10 minute set? And I kind of know what the audience is going to be. I'll go back to, oh, I did a show at that country club. Let me pull that up and see what I did. I save everything and I date it. But I feel like in my mind, because my biggest fear about being on stage, because I still get a little stage fright, especially if I'm playing piano, there's something that just like a block, it's real. So, but I always feel like if I've practiced and I remember, then I, uh, I'm safe. That that part of the development is, you know, is, mm -hmm. is going to make me feel more comfortable on stage. And when I hire people for to do shows, and it's a big show, and they're expect expecting great housewives or husbands or whatever show I'm doing, and then someone says right before they go on, "Oh my God, I haven't even thought about my set yet." That's when I'm like, "I'll probably won't hire you again." Because I just, you know, it is preparation. So many people go, oh, and you probably get this a lot. All comedians do. Oh, my friend at work is so funny. I should have him call you and he should do a show. You know, just because we're funny doesn't mean um, we can get on, uh, on stage and deliver it. It really is an art form that has to be developed, practiced, rehearsed. It's kind of like dance. Like, you know, yeah, woo, look at me. I got the move, baby. But I'm not doing Broadway anytime soon. I'm going to go and take all those dance classes I taught dance for 25 years. My kids are in dance. So I know that. I know that very well. You know, practice makes perfect and hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work your butt off and work on your set. Get the writing down. Work on the timing, even if it's in your front room. I do a lot of coaching and help women. But and I, and I love to help women. It, it actually helps me more. It, it helps me stay on my game. But um, so I'm really a stickler for writing out my jokes. I do then right before I go on stage, I'll do bullet points. Like I have a little, you know, thing that I, you know, write it, bullet point it. And then I'm like, okay, I got it. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with a, a lot of what you said there, especially when someone has put zero prep into what they're going to say before a big show or, or anything like that. I've had parts where, um, and they're getting paid. Yeah. And they're getting paid. It, it's, I, I have this happen to me. I don't know if this ever happens to you. My brain will go blank, right? Uh, before yeah. I go on stage now, it's happened a lot more uh, frequently. I don't know if it's just a getting older thing, but I guess yep. as I've gotten more comfortable on stage, my brain will go, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing tonight. And my brain goes, sure you do. You're doing your act, you know? And then I'm like, no, I have no idea what that is. And I, I could be looking at my set list and go, I don't recognize any of these, you know, my brain. Yeah, that's the thing. It just, something about me goes, oh my gosh, I can't figure this out. But I know if I've practiced for a week before a big show. Um, and also you never know who's going to be in the, in the audience to book you for another corporate event or right. come, you know, do a charity or someone who's a producer I just really believe in preparation. Absolutely. Uh, you, you should absolutely be um, prepared, especially if, especially if it's paid. I mean, it should be always, but especially if it's paid. You need to give, you know, play the hits. 100%. Yeah, all the way. Um, and then the other thing you said, too, about uh, coaching is really interesting because I, I do a lot of coaching as well. Uh, you do. It does reinforce things for you. And then when you start with someone who's never done it before, you, you go back to like basics and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I have to, you know, I forgot about the basics. There we go. So, Right, uh, it, right. It's such a great um, it's such a great industry and a great art form. And uh, well, and your brain gets really fast. I mean, it really helps. It just it, it's working that muscle, as they say. Uh, mm -hmm. Even with, you know, it's with anything, even singing. I do a lot of um, parodies 
And, you know, I'm, I'm, I kind of consider myself a fake singer. And I always thought, oh, you can't, you know, you can't just sing. Like, But if you can't sing, you can't sing. But, you know, our vocal cords are muscles and you just keep taking those vocal lessons over. And before you know it, you're like, wow, I can sing. And I don't have to be Diana Ross. I'm doing, you know, show parodies. But I'm always amazed when people go, oh, my God, you're so funny. But I didn't know you could sing so well. My little voice is like, wow, I faked them out. But, you know. <laughs> I, I do the vocal, a lot of vocal exercises, you know, before I do that. And it helps with, you know, breathing and everything, of course, as well. Well, and it's it's like that with impressions as well. Most people just go, oh, you can just do do impressions. But, um, uh, and that's basically how I did it before was just kind of through practice on my own. But I've recently yeah. stumbled across this series that breaks down um, voice manipulation and, and, you know, the different muscles and your larynx and your vocal yeah. cords. Yeah you know, the soft palate and your tongue and all of that sort of stuff. And so I've been trying to study on that because if I can get that stuff down uh, and learn all that and really learn to control that, then I can get anything, you yeah. know, anything within, I'm within my so range. I'm Im so impressed by impressions. I don't know how people, oh, I just got kind of hot. Um, I don't know how people, that is such a whole different talent, you know. But again, it's it's just muscle, you know, muscle memory and, and all of mm -hmm. that. So it's, it's the same kind of thing and people have no idea how many hours it takes to, to really tune in and, yeah. and but you know it's like like anything like I said singing dancing you know athletes yeah. they put hours in so yeah. if you have something and you want to do it on stage and get paid you've got to put the work in it uh, will take time and stage presence is something that learns you know you, you have to have the stage experience mm -hmm. absolutely um, so now we come to my favorite question. Uh, everybody's uh -oh. favorite question, really. Are you ready for this? All right. I'm ready for anything. What was your worst show ever? We want the details. <laughs> well, I guess there's probably been a couple things. Once I was in the beginning, I was at like a pizza hut or something. And I, they had, they had, they made a stage, a mock stage, and I did fall through the stage. Uh, one time I did a big contest, then I moved on, and I was happy, but I got a lot of really hate, mean emails saying you sucked, you shouldn't have moved on. So that always kind of left a really hard place in my heart. But the worst thing I've done, the most humiliating, I'm going to say, oh, it's a toss up. Uh, but you can tell us both. I was do on Dr. I was on Dr. Phil and he humiliated me. I thought it would be really funny. I was doing a tap dance fitness thing. And so it wasn't really comedy related, but he embarrassed me and humiliated me on national TV. Like I cried. So he, uh, he, I, I went on to defer cause I was promoting my tap dance fitness video. And he said, did you even do your homework? Like would anybody ever want to tap dance to, to lose weight? And then he's like, and then you put all this money into your into your dream. And he just put me down. And the audience was laughing. And he even called, compared me to, to a heroin addict, said I was addicted to my dream. You're like a heroin addict. So thanks to Dr. Phil, I'm not tap, dance any, top, tap dancing anymore. But I always say in my act, but I am doing heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still tap dancing. And the heroin makes me so much better. <laughs> that was probably my most embarrassing thing. And then, you know. You know, we do anything for our career. I was on Wipeout. That was so embarrassing. Yes. Tell me about Wipeout. I, uh, I love, I love, love, love Wipeout. There's a little piece of footage out of me out there. But um, when I, I did the first episode of the very first season, even though it aired like week nine. So we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. They didn't tell us the hills were oiled and the punching things were coming out of the beam, the gymnastics beam. So... Um, and they wouldn't let us watch the other contestants. They had us hiding in a tent. It was very, really weird. So finally I decided to do it and I climbed up a 50 foot hill to start the wipeout, uh, you know, thing. And, um, it was awful. I was cussing. I, I stopped and said, I can't keep going. And I thought, you know, I've already humiliated myself and my children. I might as well keep finish the course. And then I hit those red balls, man. Boom! I fell to the water. I almost drowned. I like had fish up my hoo-ha. It was a nightmare. And so when I went to work the next day, it looked like I was in a head-on collision. I was so bruised and battered. And my people at work were really mad at me for doing that. But then it became such this big show that 
you know, it was so now it's fun. It's a good, you know, conversation, you know, dining table conversation. And I don't regret doing it. I could never do it now. It yeah. was, almost died. Wow. Yeah. Cause I, I, I saw that and I was like, that looks like so much fun. Um, and then, you know, I talked to you a little bit about that and I realized that doesn't sound fun at all. Uh, <laughs> just, and you know, people get really hurt. Uh, I was really hurt. A couple of people had to go to the hospital when I was on my show. Wow. Or on my thing. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And then they just humiliate you and embarrass you. And, um, but you know what? I won't do any dumb shows anymore. I've done lots. There you go. So now you, but now, you know, after that, you're, you're kind of bulletproof with, with, you know, embarrassment yep. and, and with uh, those sort of things. You know, that's the, the beauty of, of failing. Yeah. Uh, on such a, a big level. Yeah. You, you fail on a, on a big level like that. And then you're like, well, nothing's worse than that. So but those red balls and that drop and the water was cold. It was in January. Oh <gasps> uh, yeah. But I'm alive. I'm alive to talk about it. I remember you sent the clip and I just, I laughed hysterically one because uh, my wife and I love that show. We would watch it and laugh hysterically. And then, to find out, to meet you later, and then find out you were on that and have had seen you before it was it was great. So small world, small world, but large red uh, balls to bounce off of yep. uh, into water. So, um, where's the weirdest place you performed? Um, the weirdest place I did a private show at a mansion, it was long ago. I don't really remember everything about it, but I remember they had a lot of dogs and I was doing my set in the living room with these people and a bunch of dogs came up and, and attacked me while I was on the microphone. And I don't know, it was just weird, it was uncomfortable. I think I was doing something where I was like moving around or tap dancing or something and the dogs all just bombarded me. <laughs> We just do anything in the beginning. Well, maybe I do anything now too. I don't know. Yeah, it's that's so funny. That is, but uh, nothing, nothing really, really weird. And and actually, I do like doing private shows at homes and you know sometimes private events. Uh, it's super fun, um, and I'm comfortable doing that. But you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're in a uh, club setting or as you were coming through a clubs or, um, you know, some of the theaters, although you probably don't get many hecklers at a theater, but how do you deal with uh, hecklers? You know, honestly, um, I don't really get very many hecklers. I've been really fortunate, but I will get people every now and then, like I am a single, I really am a single mom with three biracial black children. And there's been a few times, even recently, like in the last maybe year and a half, where I'm on stage and um, I'll say, hi, you know, just your typical average California mom, blonde hair, blue eyes, three black kids. And a couple a couple times people are like, oh, oh my God. And one lady said, oh, how'd that happen? It's like, um, really, I need to break it down. <laughs> so and I'm uncomfortable. And sometimes I don't really like to do, you know, and I don't want to get into politics, big Republican based shows because um, we have some different beliefs, especially with Black Lives Matter. And um, I sometimes I this is awful, but, you know, I won Hillary's Housewives on The View and I'll say, oh, you know, you know they'll say, oh, she won uh, Hillary's Housewives on ABC's The View and people will boo. And I'm like, you know, I have to get on stage and go, no, I mean, it was, it was Fox. It was Fox News and Good Morning America. That's, you know, <laughs> I get more kind of um, attacked about who I am rather than heckled on my jokes. Huh. So, and I love talking to the audience. I'm, you know, I love kind of bringing them in. Yeah. Like, it's something that's inappropriate. I always blame it on the audience. I kind of heckle them. <laughs> more so. so it's more about people not, they just maybe don't like me. Mm. You know? have to suck it up and you know it's, it's what I do it's, it's what you know and I just stay on stage and you know I work through it but you know after you do comedy for you know decades you get you're fine you can work through that if you were just starting it would be difficult 
Yeah, it, it definitely. Uh, the more you do, do it, and the more the easier it does get. Um, we are talking with Julie Kidd, who is a comedian and producer, the fabulous Julie Kidd. Uh, she is uh, all over the place. You can find her uh, on YouTube at Julie Kidd, K-I-D-D, The Funny Mom. Uh, her website is funnymomproductions.com. You can follow her on Instagram at Julie Kidd, The Funny Mom. Uh, and on Facebook at Julie Kid, um, so we're, we're we're talking about that. Um, you do some coaching, and we'll we'll start to get into a little bit more of the producing stuff. But what is uh, the biggest mistake that you see a lot of new comedians make? You know, I it's more. Um, I think. You know, it's really hard to to produce shows. And in the beginning, you know, you're not going to get really top comedians, I guess, if you pay them. I mean, I guess I did get some good comedians. I remember Alonzo Bowden did my show and I was like, what? Why, why would he do my show? But hey, come on down, you know, and you're hot. So, um, you know, it's hard to produce a show. They don't have the lighting set. They don't have, you know, a good mic. Um they they they, they uh, let people. They don't give people the specific like you're you're doing five minutes, ten minutes. You know what's the lineup? Like I feel like they just don't. When you're producing a show, you know it's like a job. You have to get everything set up. And so when I come in, you make it as as easy and as comfortable to do my job as possible. Um, and you know, I know a lot of people have rules. I think it's hard when you. I want to know the rules maybe ahead of time, like a student minimum. You could bring one person, you know, no cussing. You know, I'm a professional, so I realize that. But sometimes you get to shows that people are producing and the producer's not very nice. And they're like, you know, and also, you know, they start throwing this stuff at you. So now you're feeling, I mean, and you work around it. Obviously, I'm a professional, but I think you need to uplift your talent. You know, you guys, it's going to be a great show. Oh, my God, I'm so glad to have you here. Don't all of a sudden get into this ego place because you want to deliver the best show possible. You know, build them up, make them comfortable. Can I get you some water? Do you need anything before the stage? I've got it all set up. What do you need? You know, do you need me to put your boa out there? Do you like, I feel like if you're, because us and I do when I host and produce, I make it as wonderful for the comedians as possible, whether it's men, women, and, um, you know, of course, and, and pay them. But I feel like you have to have it organized. Mm hmm. And make sure, you know, all the tables are up front. Like there's all that little, those little things, you know, you walk into a venue and you're like, oh, wait, the people are like eight feet back. What's happening? And they're eating when you're going up. Like make sure you have the, you know, the dynamic all set out. I don't know yeah. if, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Uh, so how did you get into producing shows? I think that when you're in the, when you're just doing, you know, in the beginning of comedy, I think producing shows, you have people do your show and then they'll put you on their show. Maybe not like at a high level, you know, maybe you're not going to be going to, you know, the improv on a Saturday night, but, and you're, and then you're networking with people. And I think that makes you strong. And um, I love producing shows, especially the funniest housewives and I host them. And the, what makes you really strong as a comedian is hosting. When you have to get up and no one's laughing and make them laugh, it is so scary and challenging, but it makes you really strong. And with the, I used to be in a group called the Laugh Pack, and we used to do a lot of shows, the four of us. Um, actually, it was six, then, then five, then four. And then from there, we uh, decided to do The Funniest Housewives. And we were so excited producing this big show. And we used to do it down at uh, by Disneyland at this Anaheim hotel down there in their uh, room we had nine people in the audience and you know of course now the housewives is built out and we sell out and do big shows but I think that it teaches you a whole other side of comedy and I think you should produce shows even if it's at a coffee house I think it's really important to produce it makes you strong yeah and you get to network with other comedians and then they'll put you in their show so you book more shows you're not just begging for stage time so with book, uh, booking shows, if, if someone wanted to reach out and start out small, like you said, maybe like the coffee house, yeah. what are some of the things they need to consider from the, um, the, the coffee house's side as well as what they need? How, how do you go about approaching it so that you feel it's, 
it's a fair balance for the the show and the comedians and the producer. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some of the questions that they should? What are the things they should look for? What are some of the things they should ask? When I first started doing it, and I like so one place I did was Java Joe's in Yorba Linda, which was a really great great coffee house. And um, I mean, I had like a PowerPoint presentation. I'm going to do the show and here's what I'm going to bring the comedians. And this is the night we'll do it. Like I had this whole like business plan for them, which I, I do have a very corporate side to me, you know? And so now I'm able, you know, I just call them and go, Hey, I'm going to produce a show there. Is that okay? Okay. Thank you. Bye. We'll see you then. Um, you know, I went in kind of business plan, like, hey, I'm a comedian. I want to do a show. I can bring people in. They'll buy coffee. And, you know, then they also served alcohol. Uh, do you have any kind of a budget? I think I can, you know, guarantee, you know, however many people. But sometimes you just have to have a tip jar. You're not going to probably get a huge headliner to come down and do, you know, you know, Java Joe's Coffee House. I did get some really great people. I did get... Uh, I was able to work out a little bit of a budget. Uh, Vic Dunlop, um, Tom Clark did it. Vic Dunlop, like what? Alonzo Bowden. So, you know, I had been doing comedy a long time, but I was not anybody in the business. But it did make me strong. But I just approached the owner and said, I do comedy and I have a pretty good network base. I'd love to get, you know, four to six comedians doing so much time, keep it clean. Of course, they'll have their own rules. And they did give me a small budget. So, and then I would and do a tip jar too. Hmm. Yeah, and you would be you would be surprised how many you know comedians will come down if it's a reasonable enough setting and it's a good time just to work work out. Uh, you know, maybe they say, "Hey, don't advertise me because I have management or whatever," but you can still exactly. get good, you still get some really good talent to come out and, and perform. yeah. Right. And um, just always, what I love about what about your your shows is it's always quality, and that is to me, the most important thing, you consistently put out a quality show, no matter where, no matter who. And and that is so, so important because even if it's for those nine people um, that you had at that, you right. know, those nine people see a, a good, you know, quality show, the owners see that and they go, wow, this is really good. This is something I can believe in. Uh, and then you keep putting out quality show after quality show, the audience will build and will build. And now, like you said, you go everywhere and you sell out everywhere. Um, and you build yourself, you know, it, that's, that's a whole other part of comedy. You get better at producing what the audience wants. And usually, you know, when you were saying about the heckling, I feel like when I do go do a show, especially a housewife show, people kind of know what they're getting with me, you know, funny's mm-hmm. housewives. I, you know, not that I have this huge following by, by any means, but they a little bit know. There's the few people out in different states that are like, oh, you have black kids. I mean, which, you know, really hurts my heart. But I can't please them anyway. So I don't focus on that heckler. I focus on the rest of the audience. And right. we're starting out, we're like, oh, my God, they're heckling me. You get, you get so freaked out about that one person. Forget about them. Work the rest of the crowd. Yeah, that's something we, I don't want to say we, everybody, but most of the communities I talk to, and I, I know I do it myself, if you're in a room full of 500 people and one person isn't laughing, you focus on the one person that's not laughing as opposed to the other 499 or whatever yeah. they are. It's so bizarre that that's all you see, you know, and then I've really worked hard to try to let go, okay, you know, I'll try to get that person and then, you know, mm-hmm. I'll try to get him and I'll try to get, but I don't just focus on, oh, he's not laughing. He's not laughing. He's not laughing. Yeah. Uh, I just go, okay, everybody else is having a good time. And after a while you have to go, well, maybe it's, you know, I'm not their, their type of comic or. And maybe there, ha- maybe something happened to them. Like they're, you know, it's funny. Why are they even there? But I don't even really make that much eye contact. I just yeah. use them. And, you know, of course that comes with the territory and, but it's good to have that in the beginning because you've got to go through everything. You have to go through all those issues and learn how to overcome them. Absolutely. So um, now you produce these these amazing shows, like I said, and all these these big clubs, these big theaters. How uh, how do you go about taking your your production from a smaller you know coffee house type of environment to smaller and to bigger and bigger uh, venues? How did you? You have, you just have balls and ask. I remember the first time um, 
I remember doing the, the coach house, you know, years and years ago and just thinking, oh my God, okay, so let's send him a letter. What if they say yes? Let's just send him a letter and see if they'll book us. And it was so scary. And then we got yes. And um, this was even before the housewives. And we were like, oh, we, it was unbelievable. And we did pack it. I was with a whole nother group. And it's so funny how things do change. You just have to have the, maybe you're not super confident. You just have to ask. But I would say, you know, make sure you've had stage time and produced some shows and you've got, and you're able to, first of all, actually, they don't even care if you're funny. If you can get butts in the seats, that's all they care about, actually. So, um, but I, it's funny now because, you know, at the end, the coach house was calling me to do shows. And I thought, wow, things really do change. And you just have to know in your heart, if you really love doing what you're doing, you have to go ask. You have to knock on the door because it does open a lot. And, um, you know, in fact, I have recently by choice, I don't even know if I want to say this. Well, now no, nothing's open, but I've kind of pulled back from the coach house just because I felt like I was just getting stuck there. And, I, you know, it was just, I wanted to branch out more. So, you know, I started doing theaters. I was talking to ma really great management right before COVID, getting the housewives in theaters. And of course, all of us have broken hearts. We all have these dreams and things were going so well for everybody. 2020 was the year, man. And <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'll get back to it. You know, so meanwhile, I'm doing other funny videos and writing. I'm working on a new Funniest Housewives book and just keeping the brand and the name out there. Absolutely. So, um, one of the things that I also love about you is you're such an advocate, um, for female comedians. You, uh, have, you know, all female shows and, uh, you, you bring, like I said, killers, just absolute killers because there's a stigma of, of women aren't funny and they're, they, you know, they're not talented and that's and so not true. Uh, you go to the, the shows that you produce and you just, you're like, Holy cow, they just absolute, like I said, they're just absolute killers. Uh, and then you do a lot of, like I said, mentoring and coaching for, for female comedians. You mm -hmm. do uh, a lot of things helping them out in the beginning. And I just, what is your, uh, I guess, your view of um, maybe where you started, where females were, were viewed mm -hmm. in comedy and kind of how it's evolved now? Yeah, you know, so many people, females aren't funny, but for, look at look at Saturday Night Live. Their best, the women on SNL are so amazing and just hilarious. And I have great women in the Housewives and they all, all have these great credits. And um, I am so proud of the Funniest Housewives. You know, I don't get as many people coming to the Funniest Husbands, which is, and I have great comics, but right. somehow the Funniest Housewives just has built over the past decade. I'm so, and I don't know, I really don't know where that comes from, except to say, you know, I feel like I was really poo-pooed upon, you know, you know, you have your little comedy clicks in the beginning and, you know, it, it, it does a lot of bashing to your self-esteem, confidence, you know, it's heartbreaking sometimes. So I see these women who are really funny and they're kind of starting out and I love to just kind of, you know, sit with them, you know, if they want to, I don't go, Hey, come over here, you know? but I was doing a lot of coaching this year and I was loving it and making friends and seeing so much potential. I know what it's like to just kind of like be scared. And I would coach them with their, you know, with their stage presence and their comedy and their writing and, you know, kind of filter a little bit. Um, and then the last thing that I was doing was um, I was doing a film session, three camera, my son, it, from LA Film School. He's a great photography videographer. Um, uh, he, we were doing a, getting a, the women that were ready, a five minute film that they could send out to, to book shows. And we were going to film that at the rec room in Huntington Beach. And, you know, we had the room packed and ready to rock. And then boom, it just, you know, got destroyed. So I will be getting back to that. Um, you know, and I, I work, you know, on other things. I'm also an, you know, advocate for black lives matters. My son is an activist in the community. I think I mentioned that already, but he and I together work, you know, a lot with, you know, photography and videography for female comedians. And I just love doing that. I'm a female comedian. I know what it's like to be poo-pooed upon for years and years and years. Hmm. And it's, it's, uh, 
it's so nice to see that you know someone's turning around and, and giving that helping hand up and being a strong voice and a loud voice and uh, a beacon of uh, hope and inspiration for um, female comics. I mean, yeah. you are uh, like not only you know a, a great performer uh, and a great producer, but you are such a, a smart businesswoman um, within oh, thank the, the you. world of, of comedy. And may, I don't know if you would talk maybe a little bit about, I, we didn't, I didn't have this listed as a question, but we're just kind of going there. What can you give advice to people uh, for comics, uh, male or female, doesn't matter, but about treating stand-up like a business? Yeah. Yeah, because you're promoting your brand. You know, find what makes you stick out and makes you unique and really promote that brand. And don't feel like you have to rush it. Like I have, I've had people that have done comedy, you know, twice in their life and, and they want to be in the housewife show. You know, it does take a long time to get there. So you have to be patient and you have to work on your craft. Um, I just, it, it, it does take time. Oh my God. I forgot the question. What was the question? Oh, we were just talking about treating it as a business and yeah. you know, if someone's I, brand new, like you need to have the product, like your active right. product. So without that, there's nothing like you said. And one thing, one, one little base leads to the next, leads to the next. This one gets shut down, but it leads to this. So, you know, as you get started in your career, you know, don't feel like you have to have 60 minutes or 45 minutes, get the funniest, you know, short set you have. And also like having a book or having a product also kind of brands you too. Now you have something to bring to the table. And now I'm getting more into public speaking, bringing the, my comedy into public speaking it just took a long time to get there, but I also have worked for one of the largest tax firms in the world. So I have a very corporate side to me. And, you know, I learned all myself, you know what, do the homework, learn how to build a website, go on YouTube, learn how to do Instagram, learn how to do an iMovie, all that stuff I have learned on my own. And I do get a lot of people, hey, can you help me do this? YouTube it. You can learn any thing on YouTube. I did 10 years of, that's how I learned all my palm reading in 10 years. I do, I'm a palm reader because I love some of the teachers on YouTube. I learned how to play guitar. I learned how to play piano. You know what? If you're really about this, then you're going to learn about it. Go on YouTube. What are other people doing? How are they promoting? It's a business. Absolutely. Not, it's not good enough just to do ha have five or 30 minutes of comedy. Absolutely. Uh, especially now, you know, and that's one thing I'm I'm super behind on with uh, the social media because that's our currency now. So yeah, that's and it's competitive. Behind. We're com it's so competitive now, and we're all thinking outside the box. We're creative beings. You know, I'm Absolutely. looking at what you're doing, and I'm and I'm my, you know, I'm just I'm so impressed, you know, with this and and what you're doing, and I think about getting into it, but I do get my plate a little bit full sometimes. So, um, but yeah, it is a business, and you got to learn learn everything you can watch other people, study them. You'll get there. You will get there if that's what you want to do. Absolutely. Uh, we are talking oh, once again with uh, Julie Kidd. Uh, she's a comedian. She's a producer. Uh, she's amazing. And you can check her out, uh, her website at funnymomproductions.com. You can follow Julie on Instagram at Julie Kidd, K-I-D-D. Uh, so it's at Julie Kidd, the funny mom. And yep. Facebook is uh, at Julie Kidd. And her YouTube is Julie Kid the Funny Mom. Um, so we're going to get into uh, an organization uh, that you wanted to, to kind of highlight. Um, well, you, there was two, actually. We want to talk real quickly about um, uh, Black, in, uh, Black in the OC. Um, well, yeah, uh, the Black OC uh, Instagram, at the Black OC, is my son's, um, you know, organization. And he's working on uh, some documentaries. And he's doing a lot of things to, you know, uh, get Blacks in the community, buying businesses, so he is just out there speaking on the front lines. It's scary sometimes. He has just done so much work in the black community. So I'm super proud of him and I help him. He makes, a, we sell unity flags, which are bandanas from black, brown, white, and beige representing all races, you know, all cultures. So we sell unity flags and I, they just got really popular and I, I'm at home sewing those. He's cutting, I'm sewing and we're out there speaking. But I also am really, um, you know, involved with Women's Journey Foundation. And I just did a big event for them Sunday night. It was nation live streaming across the nation. Um, it was the fifth annual Divas concert. Um, did I mention that already from with the voice and the, or maybe mm -hmm. we, 
about that. Um, so I love Women's Journey Foundation because they also uplift women that are, you know, struggling and, you know, in different situations and they raise money and they raise awareness and they do so many events supporting girls and women. And I love Women's Journey Foundation. And in fact, I'm doing a book um, with the funniest housewives, the women that have graced the stage of the funniest housewives, Wendy Liebman, Leanne Morgan, Vicki Barbalak, great women. It's, got, it's got called Laughformations and we are putting jokes and inspirational quotes in there. And I'm going to be giving a lot of proceeds to Women's Journey Foundation. So I'm really excited to give back that way as well. That sounds like a, a, an amazing organization. And um, you can find out more about them at uh, www.womensjourneyfoundation.org. That's womensjourneyfoundation.org. Um, you know, we're, we're running out of time. I don't know if you had any more that you wanted to say about the, the foundation, but... Um, I just love uh, Patty Terrell and what she does. Um, so if you have any girls that are really struggling out there, I would suggest getting in touch with Women's Journey Foundation. They do so much and they build self-esteem and confidence. Um, but yeah, look for the book, Laughformations with the Funniest Housewives. I'm super excited about getting that out there and promoting that and getting back to live stage comedy. Oh, I had so much fun at the... Um, at the hosting and emceeing their um, diva concert. It was so fun to be on stage and just, you know, holding that mic. That's like our pacifier, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, check out their, their, their website, womensjourneyfoundation.org. And I want to thank the viewers and listeners for uh, tuning in. Uh, I would like to thank um, our wonderful and amazing guests, the fabulous hey. Julie Kidd for coming in and uh, sharing your time and your stories and uh, your knowledge with, with everyone. And uh, we will hopefully, hopefully get to do some shows together soon. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to put you in a husband's show too. And if anybody wants to email me at the funny mom at gmail.com, if you're a female comedian, I'm always here to help and um, you know, and coach and, and thank you, Brian, for having me. I feel so honored to be here and talk. It's fun to talk you know, comedy shop. Absolutely. I love it. It's uh, one of my favorite things to do. And you're one of my favorite people to do it with. So oh. we will talk to you really, really soon. Thank you again, Julie. Okay. And thank you to everyone for watching and we'll see you next time. Okay. Bye everybody.